Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life and leadership coach helping you to live authentically and lead with authenticity. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live life with more joy and awareness. I love diving into nuanced and paradoxical topics through deep, soulful, and fun conversations. I believe that the more we talk about complex issues and hold space to listen actively, we'll deepen our self-awareness and compassion for others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode. Today's episode centers around a big topic, religion and spirituality. For the past couple of years, I've been fascinated with this concept of religion and spirituality and where I find myself in that. Clearly, there are many layers to this topic, and there's a lot that we could talk about, but in today's episode, my guests Adi Sudarkov, Nicole Ralston, and I dive into this topic from the lens of our own upbringing and past experiences and where we find ourselves now. The three of us have had several conversations centered around uh, on this topic, and I thought it'd be fun to invite you into one of our conversations. Just a little intro about my two guests and friends. Adi is a writing and storytelling coach and quantum human design reader, and she uses her experience as a writer with an MA in English literature and her magic as a human design projector to help socially justice-driven creative humans get underneath their conditioning and limiting self-talk to uncover what they truly want to say. She helps heart-centered entrepreneurs feel clear, confident, and authentic as they fully express themselves through their content marketing and online personas. Nicole is an engineer turned teacher turned ICF accredited life and business coach. She helps burnt out overachievers reignite their passion and take action on their long held dreams. Nicole believes that we make the world a better place by living lives that fulfill us and doing work that inspires us. She's helped dozens of clients launch businesses and transition out of long held careers and is proud to help her clients build the world they know is possible. If you want to connect with Adi and Nicole, here's how you can connect with them. You can join Nicole's newsletter by clicking the link in the show notes, or you can connect with her on Instagram at Nicole Ralston underscore or her website, NicoleRalston.com. You can connect with Adi by booking a human design reading or learn more about her coaching services at AdiSudarkov.com. Okie dokie. Let's dive into today's conversation on religion and spirituality, shall we? Okay. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know why I have to say that three times. It's like, you know, that's that uh, cartoon, Yabba Dabba Doo, Scooby Doo. No, is that Scooby Doo? <laughs> I don't know. It's Yogi. It's Yogi. I think that was Yogi. Yeah. <laughs> Yabba Dabba Doo. Welcome, welcome. Okay. It's Jamming in with Jocelyn Podcast. All right. I am so excited. Been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. So we have here. We have Adi and we have Nicole, and we have been talking about this conversation off and on for a while. Like we've had like side conversations, and this has been one of those like we should record <laughs> a conversation. So hold on tight, everyone. It's going to be a wild ride <laughs> and fun ride. So, um, would you each like to just say hi and just I, even though I just introduced your name, but. I would love for each of you to introduce your name. So um, just your name and yeah, one, I guess 
one fun thing that you have been doing lately or had fun doing lately? I can start. My name is Adi. And one fun thing I've been doing lately is getting outside and hiking with my dog. Um, it's November here in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, which means that it is peak hiking season because it's blue skies and beautiful, but it's not as hot anymore. So now I can go to my favorite spots that are like too hot and exposed in the summer. And now it's just so, so beautiful. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Ooh, love it. I'm going to join you for one of your hikes. <laughs> oh, anytime. Yeah. Yeah, mine's kind of similar. My name is Nicole and I have been biking, um, which is funny. I have a cargo bike that fits children. Um, and no, none of my children wanted to go in there. And I'm like, it's my only bike. So that I'm like, can somebody go inside or like, maybe I'll go grocery shopping. I just feel weird carting around this giant cargo bay with nobody in it. So my niece went with me and it, the hilarious thing is she really enjoyed it. She was really relaxed. And then she fell asleep. And then I was like, do I turn around and just go home now? Or like, she's really relaxed. I'll just keep napping. But I, then I felt really awkward because there was this just unconscious four-year-old in my cargo van as I was wheeling around the neighborhood, but it's fine. She had a great time afterwards. She was like, ah, that was so relaxing. I'm like, well, I'm glad I noticed you. <laughs> I thought so too. Oh my God. That's so fun. Do they make those for adults? I'm like, could I get well, in the cargo Well, technically Jesse can fit in it. I have pushed him around. It is really hard, but <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're, don't mind wheeling around, you know, basically a 200 pound person or a 150 pound <laughs> person, you can do it. It's just heavy. <laughs> that sounds fun. I mean, fun for the person riding in the cargo, but maybe not so much fun for the person biking. I don't know how fun <laughs> it was like... for him either, because I oh, think really? the whole time he was like, is she going to stay upright or is she <laughs> going to fall over? <laughs> Barney was actually with him in there too, and Barney thought it was the greatest thing. Barney's oh, gone with yeah. him before. He was the, he's the only one who's enjoyed every, I think, single ride. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Barney is my dog. Jesse yeah. is my husband. Barney is my dog. <laughs> Verification. I know people are like, who are we talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing. And as you know, I'm Jocelyn. So fun thing. Um, I love going to the beach. So I spent, I went to the Central Coast over Thanksgiving. Mm. So everyone, when we're recording this, this is November 2021. Um, and 2022. 2022. Oh my gosh. You guys, 2020. <laughs> thanks you. <laughs> Since COVID, the years have been just meshing together. Um, yeah. So 2022, yes. So beach, yeah, love the beach. It was like perfect weather. It was not cold. It was not hot. It was like sunny blue skies. Yes. So that's my fun thing. And camping. So camping is so much fun. All right. Another fun thing is this conversation, y'all. <laughs> we are going to be talking about this really big topic of religion and spirituality. So I'm going to really kind of talk about why I, why I'm saying religion and spirituality versus religion versus spirituality. Um, because I, there's, there's so many nuances to both topics and the topic in itself. And so um, the three of us, we've been talking behind the scenes, like, where do we want to start with this? And so really setting the stage for our conversation today is we're going to start from the foundations of each of our stories. And so 
each of us, um, what I find interesting is each of us have has a unique story of our experiences with religion and spirituality. So um, we can start with like where, I guess, when were each of you introduced to the concept of religion or spirituality or both? I would say like for me, I grew up in the Christian church. So I, and I'm specific about that Christ, Christian church and from when I was born. And that's, that was my whole life. Like I grew up with religion and I'm sp- saying that specifically because that's what I was taught religion in the terms of like, there were rules to follow. The Bible was the book to follow. And there were things I had to abide by. You go to church every Sunday, you pray, what does prayer mean? And a lot of like studying the Bible like that. I grew up with religion. And so, um, and I can go further into that, but like, that's, that's my foundation of where I started with. So I, I'd be interested for each of you to share, like, where did you begin in terms of the concept of religion or spirituality or both? So Adi or Nicole, jump in whenever. I mean, I could start mostly just because I like that you brought up I'm Christian versus Catholic because until I was in college, I did not realize they were different things because Christian people told me all the time, you're not Christian. I'm like, I'm not. I didn't know that that was, there was a difference, but it, I think you know, I think one of the things about Catholicism that does distinguish it from Christianity is it's older, like older in the sense that the church is older. And so we've had our Vatican II, we had our teenage rebellion. There's a lot more factions within the Catholic church itself. So I think, and the reason I bring that up is like growing up as a West coast Catholic, I know is different than growing up as an East coast Catholic and growing up in a more liberal church is different than growing up in a more Catholic church is different than growing up in a more conservative church. So I think it's just interesting that there are so many different factions of Catholicism, even though we're all under the same umbrella and really it's funny that you said that because I was like, I guess I didn't really grow up with as strict of rules because my, I grew up with, with religion. Um, I went to Catholic school since I was in preschool um, through high school. And, but my initial elementary school was one by Jesuits. And if um, you're not Catholic, Jesuits are a a different, a section of Catholicism. So there's different branches of Catholicism um, based on like, I guess what the priests study, or I don't know what their philosophy is, but Jesuits are, um, unique in the fact that they're really, uh, their main thing is to serve the poor. Like they always talk about mm-hmm. that. And so that is, so Pope Francis currently is the first Jesuit Pope, which was a really big deal. There has obviously, because there has never been a Jesuit Pope, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, but because they mainly do served in underserved communities. Now I'm not saying that they do everything perfectly, but that is definitely what they feel their calling is. Um, and I think the priests that I grew up with were more spiritual than religious. And mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I bring that up is I, I felt like I had a very spiritual, more spiritual experience with religion um, in my youth. One, I come from a Filipino family and Filipino people are just a lot more spiritual than religious in general. I mean, they're both, I shouldn't say versus, but they're very spiritual, I think. And by that, I mean, they have their own traditions versus like sticking so strictly to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, in fact, Catholics as a whole think the Bible is um, interpretive. 
Mm. That was like a big thing growing up in Catholicism. We don't stick to it um, purely. We study its history. We interpret it. Again, I'm not saying everybody interprets it correctly, but the idea is you're supposed to interpret it. And um, the priests that I grew up with were really, really compassionate, wonderful people. And again, even though I grew up in that and that um, aspect, I was totally scared of going to hell. Like that was always a big thing. I think it's just something that hangs over all Catholic churches. But one of the things that really strikes me or has always stuck with me is I was really scared of this when I was 10. Like I was very much a rule follower. And in religion class, I actually wrote that I was really scared about going to hell. And my religion teacher actually pulled me aside one day, got the priest, my, oh my God, Father Bernie, who is no longer with us. He is like the dearest man that ever lived. They took me aside and were like, so you wrote in your journal the other day that you were scared to go to hell. And, and I was like, I, yeah, I've tried. I violated all the rules. Da, da, da. And Father Bernie was like, you know, God knows you're good, right? Like, you're good. Like, you don't need to worry about this. You can let this go. You are fine. You are 10. <laughs> like, let's like, I don't want you to ever, ever worry about that. Like, you just live your life. You are a really good person. Like, mm -hmm focus on just being yourself and, and doing what you're doing and you are totally fine. And so like that always stuck with me, obviously, because it is still a hierarchy. I think that's one of the things that, you know, does, um, and I know, again, I'm, I'm singing a lot of praises here, but I think that's one of the things that is, I know a turnoff for people in religion is it's still a hierarchy. There's obviously still those things that got into my head, even though I was um, being led religiously by very compassionate, um, very down to earth people. Um, but that's that's my background is um, I, I feel like, yes, I, I was raised Catholic, but also um, really under a, a specific Catholic lens. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I... I didn't realize how many different facets there were to not just religion, but Catholicism until, you know, when I got older and older and started to bump into more roles. So I'm sure we'll talk about that more later, but that's, that's the religion I was raised under. Yeah. I'm going to put a pin in this, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to forget it. <laughs> but like, like you both, I think between like my story and your story, Nicole, there's this, there's this um, like how we define religion and spirituality like how societal defines it but also like how we have defined it with through our own experiences so I'm mentioning that but I'm going to put it pin so you guys can remind me to come back to that <laughs> or we can come back to that but um so Adi what is your what has your experience been with the introduction of like religion and spirituality um yeah I my experience growing up what feels like it was very different from yours both of yours actually because mm -hmm. my dad was an atheist he was very skeptical um and and my mom you know my mom's japanese and so she was raised in japan but she was not raised you know with any religion really like the official religion of japan is shinto mm -hmm. you know and then she had some sort of buddhist um flavor to <laughs> to her upbringing um but it wasn't, she never brought either of those flavors really into, um, into how she raised myself and my sister. And so I was raised in this very skeptical household by someone who really did was raised as, as an atheist by an atheist. <laughs> um, like my, my grandparents were also very skeptical. So they, they didn't, when I was a kid, I don't remember them, you know, my dad, especially 
like denying me the chance to explore religion or spirituality, but there was always that sort of skepticism and doubt that religion was a thing that God Mm. existed, for example, um, because he just, he didn't believe that. Mm. Um, So as I was growing up and as I was in elementary school, I was, I had friends of different faiths, different religions, different flavors of spirituality. And so I got to experience those flavors with them. Um, my, I had a friend who was Catholic. She took me to mass on, uh, on Sunday, a few times. And then I had several friends who were Jewish and they would take me to temple and they would take me to Sunday school sometimes. So I I got to like, just go with them every once in a while and kind of see what it was about, but it wasn't. Uh, and then as I got older, you know, I had one friend who's, she's Presbyterian, I think. Um, so a branch of Christianity, mm-hmm. right. That was, um, and she was very, at that time in, in high school, she was very much like in part of the mission. Like she really wanted to, she, she worked with underserved communities, but she was also very much about like converting people. She wanted mm-hmm. to bring more people into the fold. Um, and, and so that was like my exposure to religion mm-hmm. um, in a formal sense and in an informal sense mm-hmm. as I was growing up. So for me, it was always kind of like a, huh, I wonder what this whole thing is about. You know, it, it, we, it wasn't a huge part of our lives. We never sell it. We celebrated the more Christian-y holidays, like, but in, from a very secular point of view. So Christmas, mm-hmm. we had a Christmas tree. We had family time, but it was a time when, you know, my grandparents would come over and they would bring a bunch of presents and we'd have dinner together and just spend time together. But there wasn't any talk of Jesus yeah. <laughs> there. We didn't have any, you know, of the nativity scenes or anything like that. we never, we never went to church. Um, and then, so I, I feel like it was always sort of an open question for me. Um, And it wasn't until I was a lot older that I started to question like the way my dad talked about religion as I got older. And he was more, he was more open about his skepticism and his atheism. Mm -hmm. And he was very judgmental about any organized religion. He just thought that organized religion was a way to control people. Um, And I mean, I think I now as an adult, I really, I feel like there are aspects of that for sure. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that religious organized religious institutions are a way that we um, not, I mean, yes, control people sometimes like cults or whatever, but Mm -hmm. there, I would, I don't know if I would call that religion. We can talk about that Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a good, that's a good segue. Like that's a good segue into like, where do we find ourselves now? Right. Like that's what our growing up experience was. Right. Like I, and it's not to say like, for me, it's like, I don't want to disregard it or like bash it. (laughs) I'm not bashing it. Okay. Sorry, mom, dad, I'm not bashing my experience. It's like, I honor it. And also like, we have had, you know, we are, we've had a lot of life, uh, you know, we still have more life to, ha- to live, but like we have had a lot of experiences. And as we evolve as people, as human beings, our experiences and how we view things and perspective shifts, right? Whether we are allow it or not, but like, so that's it. I, 
I'd be interested, like, knowing where we came from, like, where do you all find yourself now with this concept of like, religion? I love how you said organized religion, or is that was it was that the phrase? Yeah, organized Mm -hmm. religion, or like, there's, and spirituality, because like, Nicole, you said, like, in Catholicism, you, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you grew up in with more a spiritual aspect versus the, you know, for me, it was very rules based. Um, so that that's really interesting to me because I was like, oh, what was that like? Right. Well, you know, if you think about it, and I've thought about this a lot lately, like yeah. Catholicism is very ritualized in terms yes. of like prayer is magic, like straight yeah. up. When I was doing Amelia's baptism class, I'm like, why did we not think this is weird? Like <laughs> all of the things that um, it, I was like, it definitely is. Yeah like witchcraft spiritualism like when i think about like all the in the ch- enchant enchantments uh, like the Chant- yeah, chanting, chanting we're doing a lot of chanting we're doing a lot of blessing things with holy water we're doing mm-hmm. like all of these ritual based things which is funny my, my grandmother my mom actually grew up baptist so i go to my grandmother's church from time to time and it's like not like that right like it's a lot yeah. of talking it's mm-hmm. a lot of talking that's one of the things that i remember going i don't know if i can i don't know how she does this every week because it was just some and also when i go i'm in the philippines so they speak the local language which i do not speak very well and it was an hour of this guy just straight talking at us i was like oh Oh my gosh, versus Catholicism, the the whole mass itself is a ritual, right? Mm-hmm. Like in some ways it's almost like yoga. Like, you know, when you're kneeling, you know, when you're standing, you have certain prayers, we're all chanting together. Like, I think in that way, there's more opportunity to take ownership of that. And that's where I think the spirituality piece comes mm-hmm. in, you know, rosary itself, you're praying over beads. It's very ritualistic and, and that kind of thing. So I think that that's where, um, I learned to take ownership of prayer. We had a lot of discussions about prayer and what does prayer mean and why do we pray when we were kids. And um, I think those are the the spiritual aspects to me that I got the chance to learn and explore um, all the different ways that I could pray, all the different ways that I could get in touch with God. I think then, yes, it still bumps up against rules for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm talking about where I'm at right now, I mean, that's where I tend to chafe and come away. I think one of the things that a lot of religions do, I don't think this is strict to Catholicism, is that like rejection of earthly pleasures. Like, you know, like the number one thing that everybody always gets up in arms about is sex, right? Like that's the thing that I think really just, I, I, really felt myself breaking away from not because I was like looking to have all the sex or anything, but like, because (laughs) it's all about like something that feels so good must be bad for you. Right. Like Mm. I think about like, Oh my gosh, this, like when people talk about eating, like, Oh, this is sinfully good. Right. Like things that feel good are somehow bad. Right. Mm -hmm. They're, they feel too good. You shouldn't want want any of these earthly pleasures. I think about when people go super minimalistic, like I see a lot of that happening in, in religions too, right? Like we shouldn't want any earthly possessions. We shouldn't want those things. I think that's the thing where I, I don't believe that. And I think one of the things, and and this is also one of the things I find funny about Catholicism, like a lot of schooling comes from Catholicism. Like the study of genetics is based on a priest's scientific studies, right? Like this, this Gregory Mendel was a priest and he learned how to genetically modify corn. I think it was corn. I forget, but either way, he was a priest. He liked science. There's lots of Catholic people who like science, but I think the thing that I always find funny about that is it also then tends to break people away from 
from the religion that taught them all of this science and, and different ways of thinking. And I, um, so for me that I feel like has been the big break. I think I had a lot of, um, I guess, uh, came to my own really vision of who God is. Mm. Um, and in my own, again, prayer and talks with God, that I learned from my religion, but I, 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 you know, I, I have a direct line to God. I hear God talk. And I think that's where spirituality comes from is everybody has access to that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the, the, where I find myself religion that I butt up against is, um, I love the gathering. I talked to you guys about this ahead of time. I love gathering and being together and doing all those ritualistic things. Like I love the ritual part of church for sure. But I think the part in which we're denying ourselves, I think God wants us to live full lives, like, and experience all of life's pleasures. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I really bump up against almost all religions. Like, I feel like lots of religions, like kind of back to the controlling thing mm -hmm. is like, you shouldn't feel good. Like, why? Like, why would God not want us to feel good? Like God invented, like made the world beautiful for a reason. We shouldn't be enjoying everything that's so beautiful. And I think that that's where I really, and obviously there's a lot of other bigger problems with religion as a whole. I mean, I haven't even talked about like horrible things that have happened inside the Catholic church, abuses, assaults, mm -hmm. like those are all horrible and terrible and I, and very human too. And I think that's the other thing that, um, I feel good that I have not experienced that in my own church, but definitely <laughs> that's where those abuses and assaults um, and, and boundary crossings happen is saying that there are certain people who are above things, right? Like above, mm -hmm. like, oh, I get to say whatever I want, do whatever I want because I'm better than you because I am, you know, in, in this level of religion. I mean, those things are obviously I chafe against, but I think just even if that's all going well, which again, I was at a church that really took those things seriously and thankfully did investigations and that kind of thing. So like, we're good there. <laughs> but it, again, coming back to, I think for me, like I, I really believe that God wants us to live full lives. And I think that that's where I, I bump up against religion because it feels like a lot of times it's constantly saying no it doesn't you shouldn't want good food <laughs> yeah yeah it's like conflicting yeah I think what what I what was coming up for me as you were talking Nicole was I you know I I wasn't raised in any kind of religion but I've been able to well I, I think what came up for me was that you know, like the organized religion or the church um, or Catholic church, mm -hmm. like the priests, whoever, like whoever is up at the top of that hierarchy, they are almost mediating an individual's relationship with God. Like it has to go through the priest. It has to go through, you know, the church, um, the, like the official church. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I think, and there are ways where, you know, I understand Christian different branches of Christianity and Catholicism to um, mediate that relationship by by telling people like you have to you have to you have to be focused on your relationship with God in this particular way, mm -hmm. and it shouldn't feel too like like and and that's like the controlling aspect in, in some way to me, right? Like you shouldn't feel too good, you shouldn't. Um, pay too much attention to your body and what like the earthly pleasures like you were saying Nicole it's more like if you want to be a good Catholic or Christian or if you want to go to heaven whatever like you need to behave in these certain ways and pay attention in this way because this is what we say God says um 
And so, and I, so I, I agree with you. I feel like um, there are ways where um, following any kind of organized religion or spirituality, because I feel like there are branches of the spiritual of spirituality as well that can be very prescriptive in the same way. Like if you're following a guru in yoga, for example, mm-hmm. which was, you know, part of my experience as an adult um, in my explorations of spirituality. Um, and so I, I feel like it's what, what has become important and valuable to me is to be able to mediate my own relationship with God and universe and source. And I use all those different words, but I'm they, to me, they mean the same thing. They mean this larger expanse of consciousness that is beyond us, but that is also us. Like that is the meaning of God to me. And I am the only, I am the one who is most important to me in mediating my relationship with that mm-hmm. larger thing that's beyond us, but that is also us. Yeah. I love how you point that out, Adi. Like you are, I don't know, I, I want to say this, you are at the center and I can hear right now my Christian background people saying like, you are not at the center. God is the center. So like, that's just like, but I, Ultimately, you are the one who is in charge of how you want to relate to God. You know, I I call it God just because that that resonates for me, but some people can call it universe source or whatever. But like, and I can see like, I can see like hearing both your stories, like, like the place of like growing in up in the Christian church or Catholicism, like that was a foundation to as like. I would say some spiritual teachers say the pointer towards understanding something beyond yourself, right? Like, like, um, I'm trying to follow my own thought here. <laughs> like, that's just, that's kind of like, I, I like that for both of you, how you're sharing, like, we ultimately, you're, we ultimately are in a place where we have ownership or what is the word? sovereignty, Right now, that's a really buzzword right now, but I'm just saying that sovereignty over our own spiritual, you know, journey, our own spiritual relationship versus and using things that we've experienced in our, you know, growing up to help us point to where we are now, but not it, it's not the end all be all. I guess I'm also speaking from my own experiences. Like I always thought church, the Christian church was the end all be all, and that's it. And I think in the last couple of years, I, I have experienced where it felt like a really small box that had to fit into versus now I am seeing like, oh, it's actually more expansive. Like the church is just like a tool that I can use to help me connect. And like you said, connect like Adi, right? Like connect or, and Nicole, like spiritually, like connect spiritually the relationship with something beyond myself and that feels more expansive versus like and and like using the rituals like I know in in the Christian church we have you know communion that is a ritual but I always thought I had to do communion or else I'm not going to heaven right like um but that is a that is a ritual that helps 
point or as a tool to help me connect spiritually. I think that was a big aha listening to you, Nicole. It's like, oh, that's what you meant by spiritual like aspect. Because I saw it as like, I got to do this versus, oh, I didn't see it as a as a spiritual practice practice even though it is a spiritual practice I don't know if you you know what what I'm trying to say like it didn't seem like I could connect spiritually through like this ritual of communion well you know and I I think you bring up a good point it's the I have to versus what is the purpose like one Mm -hmm. of the big things we always talked about is um and which is a huge deal. Like, so I don't know if you guys, Joe Biden is Catholic. And one of the big thing is because he's pro-choice, a lot of people were saying that he could not take communion. And the reason people had issue with this is everybody is supposed to be able to take communion. Like that mm-hmm. is the place that we are all the same. We all gather, we all participate in this like most sacred ritual. And um, I think I noticed even conservative people, I don't know that they defended it, but a lot of people didn't push back because that's such a big no. Like one of the major things is like, we all are supposed to be able to gather at the table and, um, and do that together. And I think that that's, um, and even I, I taught at a Catholic school for a long time. And even the people who weren't Catholic, um, we all wanted them to at least walk with us. Like this was like, at least be part of the procession, like just something feeling of togetherness mm-hmm. so that we're all like just doing something together and letting them also participate in something that was so, so sacred to us, even if they weren't Catholic, participate by just like walking through the line. Um but I think then again, it, and it's funny too, because even though I was raised Catholic, I said, this is like the big difference between, I feel like West coast Catholics and East coast Catholics and Jim Gaffigan makes a lot of jokes about this. It's like, almost like we know some of the rules are weird. So then like, you don't want to talk about them, but like <laughs> communion is like a really big deal. Like you need to eat that cracker because mm-hmm. it is the sac- <laughs> it is the sacred body of God. Like once they bless it mm-hmm. and like some people will, and you hear about this happen at churches because people don't remember that that's like a big deal because people it's a, it, it's a cracker, right? Like yeah. <laughs> Jesus told us it's body and blood, but at the same time you're looking at it as a cracker. And <laughs> some people like, if, especially if you're not Catholic and all of a sudden somehow you got pushed up to the line and then you just take it and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? I remember I had a friend who said they felt bad because they were like, they gave it to me. I don't know what to do with it, <laughs> right? Because I, I feel bad eating it, but at the same time, I don't know what to do with it. And somebody like chased them down to like, eat, you have to eat. Somebody has to consume it. Like it's not allowed to just sit there. Like that's like a big ritualistic thing. Like it's mm-hmm. bad luck. I don't know. Something bad is going to happen if you don't <laughs> consume this thing. Um, so I think uh, this was my very long, <laughs> going like all these sacred rituals, I think it's important to know the purpose behind them as opposed to just you have to do it Mm -hmm. otherwise you're bad. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's where, when there's no wiggle room for discussion, like you said, that's when it becomes this really tight box. And I think, um, all of these religious, um, uh, what's the words rules and rituals do have had purpose behind them either now or at one point in time Mm -hmm. that when we forget that and just turn it into a rule it like it loses its meaning and then it just shames people right like I think about one of them and like please don't quote me on this because I don't 100% remember but I remember my dad telling me one of the reasons that Jewish people didn't eat pork for a long time was like just wasn't safe to eat right like because you have to cook pork all the way that kind of thing right and maybe Mm -hmm. in a long time ago you weren't able to cook it to its fullest that doneness that you're supposed to Mm -hmm. and so that's why they just don't eat pork that became a huge part of religion because you would eat pork you would die right (laughs) like of some Mm -hmm. kind of parasite and now now you now they they continue not to eat pork if you're practicing um judaism in that way Mm -hmm. um 
but again, it's not for a health reason. It's for, and because I'm not Jewish, I can't tell you, but it's like, yeah. whatever, you know, there's an, there's a reason behind it. And I think you knowing that reason can make it part of your spiritual practice, or then it becomes this like rules thing of like, I'm not allowed to do that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, one that I can relate to more is like Catholics and fasting. Like most people I know don't fast anymore. Um, and if they do, it's usually with some kind of intent, um, because it's hard. Like it is really hard. It fasting is, is hard yeah. in our day and age. And so, um, it, when again, thank God they don't reinforce that rule that strictly anymore, mm-hmm. but I could imagine like a long time ago when it was just a strict rule, it's like, dude, why? Like yeah, you're telling why? me I can't eat for a whole day. Why? Like I could imagine like, I'm not going to church anymore if that's going to be the case. I mean, that's a case where a lot of people leave religion because of tithing. Like, why am I tithing? You're mm-hmm. just taking my money without any explanation, without any purpose behind it. I think that that's when things get again, feel tight Tights. versus expansive Pur- pers- purpose gives you that expanse, just like blindly following stuff. It's tight. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you also were, as you were saying that, Nicole, I, I, I love how it, it also connects like these rituals and these traditions, they connect you to the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, they connect you with God like that they're part of your own relationship with God. Like when you take communion, you are like taking the body of God into you. And that's hugely, that can be hugely powerful. And it's also like, this is a tradition that has come up from centuries ago. Mm -hmm. So it connects us to all these past generations. And so, and I feel like to me, that's also, that's also a reason to do ritual. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, like my, my spiritual belief is that we are all part of one consciousness and we are all God having aspects of God, having a human experience, you know, but but that connects us to the past humans of the past as well. They were all souls that were part of God who are also having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think I love that the differing the difference in considering like well I have to do this otherwise xyz is going to happen versus what's the purpose of this and like the purpose is to connect me to God and it's to connect me to like the traditions of the past and I wanted to share like on the flip side like if you think about um if you think about religion and spirituality as like as an archetype like our belief in something beyond us is an archetype we just have this need and desire as human species I think to to do that um I I grew up on the opposite end of the spectrum of that archetype where you know God was like a forbidden word in my family like as I got older as my dad was more open about his skepticism um and his like pretty firm disbelief in God and his like negative judgments about anyone who believed in God it was like it didn't leave a whole lot of room for me to explore the possibility that there was something beyond this like human existence in this like meat bag, you know? So, so that, and, and it, and it's almost this, it's, it's like the opposing, but same experience of like, I have to do, I have to take communion or I'm going to go to hell Mm. versus like, I cannot speak about God because God doesn't exist. And if I do, then I'm a bad person and I'll be like, you know, shamed and thrown out. Like there was still a sensation of shame around even wondering 
Uh, and I know like my sister did a lot of exploration around all different types of religion. She was reading about everything, about Islam, about Christianity, about Judaism, about, I got really into Wicca once I left home to go to college. Like I was like, I'm a witch, you know? Uh, that was part of my way of exploring um, spirituality and religion. And just, you know, at, in as I defined it as something beyond us, you know, on this, yeah. in this, on this plane. Yeah. Um, so I think that there are different ways that as we grow and we're conditioned by our environment and our family, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can have these different experiences of what spirituality and religion even like the possibilities of what it even can be for us. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I noticed how it's like, no matter what experience you grew up with, you still experience that, like that shame or guilt or whatever, no matter what your experience was, whether you grew up in religion or you grew up atheist. But I'm, I'm so curious, Adi, like, what was it that I guess, spurred the curiosity to search for something like, even though you knew you grew up with, you know, in a family with not believing and not, you know, in skepticism, what was it that, you know, the, I don't know if it's a turning point because you can't really pinpoint certainly, but what was it that shifted or pointed you towards curiosity of something beyond yourself? I mean, I think like if, if I can turn my experience over to the magic side of spirituality, mm-hmm. I, I think I always felt like there was something else. Like I could feel the energy of something beyond me, some kind of connection that brought people together, but also it just felt, it, it felt like there was something else, something bigger, something beyond. And you know, I think my experience of organized religion made me nervous about it. But, and and so maybe that was why, like, my curiosity turned to, like, Wicca, which is very, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a Wiccan. I, I want to say that right now, like, this was something that I, I played with as I was in, I was in, like, my late teens, early 20s. Um, like there's a commune with communing with nature, you know, in Wicca and working with like the spirits of nature, which I thought, which felt good, you know? And so that was kind of my first exploration into something beyond. And I think there was also, cause honestly, I was that rebellious teenage girl in high school who was like the outcast who like listened to a lot of the cure and wore black and like I was the emo kid before emo was a thing <laughs> and you know I think the Wicca the Wicca thing because it, it felt a little bit dangerous mm-hmm. you know because Christians no, I, I don't know if this is still true or if this is your experience but like a lot of people talk about witchcraft as like Satan worship you know mm-hmm. and so I was like ooh, it's edgy you know mm-hmm. and I was interested in the occult like I was interested in ghosts and spirits and I think part of that was because I could feel the energy of something beyond me mm-hmm. um, that I could feel the auras or the energies of, of people who have passed on um, and so then it was like huh there's there's something here that lets me be continue to be like rebellious and anti 
and wear black and be all like you gazy and and like you know piss people off honestly (laughs) (laughs) and also it like allows me to explore like what else might possibly be out there yeah yeah I mean it's exploration I honestly think like this whole concept of religion and spirituality is exploration like we're all just finding like going back to what you said um you know, already earlier, it's like, we all have access to this, like, and we all are in this meat bag. Okay, meat bag, everyone <laughs> humans. Okay, I love that term. I'm in a meat bag. Sorry. That's just awesome. But like, <laughs> like, that's I like, I think that's what it really is. And not to be so simplistic about this, con- about this whole topic of religion and spirituality, but it's like, we are all searching for something, whether we are aware of it, are not I I don't know I mean I'm just putting that out there um but I I I love how like from our stories it's like it's not religion versus spirituality it's a religion and spirituality like they're 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 together like and they're enmeshed but also how do you how do you unmesh from too much of one thing to you know I don't I don't know if you're like that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like I was so enmeshed in the religion aspect of it. Like and how I define it is like very theological, rules based, ritual based for just the practice of ritual versus spiritual. Like that's that's my experience and how to un you know untangle from too much of this to how do we how do we integrate like on video right now, I'm like putting my hands together, integrating, you know, that sounds like religion and spirituality. Well, I think yeah. integrating is an individual experience, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that's where, because um, when I define spirituality, it's funny, like, as you were saying the audio about yoga, I was like, that's almost a religion in the way you're talking about it too. Yeah. Like, I feel like religion, religion to me mm-hmm. is like I said, gathering, like yeah. I like being in group and practicing spirituality together. Like that is um, a powerful experience separate from practicing individual spirituality. Like I think about Mm -hmm. spirituality as being individual, because again, you are taking ownership of, um, ownership of, of your own exploration. And so I, I, to me, it's the, that ownership piece Mm -hmm. that makes it so that you're not enmeshed, I guess, or two in one or the other. I think it's when you, it's not just when you stop hearing yourself, but are you hearing God right now? Like there's a difference between hearing God and hearing whoever the leader of your church is. Like they are not the same person. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you, yeah. yeah, when you stop taking ownership of it, you stop hearing God. And that's where I think the difference is. Well, that, and that goes with everything, right? With the gurus yeah. and the spiritual teachers out there. It's like, who are you hearing? Are you using it as a pointer or as a tool versus as it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think that, and that's really interesting because that made me think back to my own experience as well. Like, I feel like as I was exploring Wicca or witchcraft or whatever, that kind of occult spirituality, it felt expansive to me. It felt explore, exploratory. I was curious about it. I wanted to play with it. And then, you know, after my kids were born, I got really into yoga. I was the yoga teacher for a little while. Um, and I, at that point, I think I I got stuck into that sort of guru model of yoga. I practiced Ashtanga yoga, which is one of those lineages, you know, that's a very strict lineage that came from this one dude. And now like, it's his grandson who's leading it. And like anybody who teaches 
traditional Ashtanga yoga has to be certified and approved by like the guru um, and anyone who isn't like, it isn't real Ashtanga yoga. And it's, they're very, and they're very strict about it, about the forms. And, and it's like, and you know, as one of you was saying, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Like it's similar to a religion in that it's, there's like one dude who's like the head of the hierarchy and everyone else has to follow what he says. And if you don't, then you're doing it wrong. And if you're doing it wrong, then you're not following this practice and you're not going to reap the benefits of, you know, whatever the practice is. Um, and it, it became a box, you know, where I, I actually did end up feeling like I couldn't do anything else because that practice is so, it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you go six days a week and it's like a 90 minute physical practice. Plus there's all of the other like ethical cleansing stuff I didn't get as much into, but I think the point of it, the point of, the point of what I want to say <laughs> is, <laughs> this is my roundabout way of saying, um, I think that whenever you are enmeshed in, I love that word, whenever you're enmeshed in something that is coming down from like one person who says that there, or one person or organization who says there is only one way to do this correctly. And if you don't do it correctly, like you're bad or wrong, um, that that's like a limitation. And it's, and I don't want to say like, that is religion and spirituality is where you get to have your own individual relationship with something. I don't, that's not at all what I'm saying. Like religion can be expansive. Religion can be community oriented, bringing you together and connecting you with God and with the community that and I, religion can have spirituality in it where you're gathering. I love that definition mm -hmm. of where you're gathering together for a purpose that brings you together with the, in the experience of God. But there can be this like, really scary experience of religion, which, you know, maybe began to be your experience to Jocelyn, where it feels, it feels, it starts to feel so limiting, like a tight jacket that's just getting tighter and tighter and tighter, but it's hard to, it can be hard to get away from because mm -hmm. it's like, I've invested so much of my identity in this. I've, mm -hmm. I've spent so much time in this. I have, a, I have community around this thing that we all believe in together. And if I stop going or if I stop believing or I stop doing this, then I lose that connection. Mm -hmm. And that can be a real, it's like a death, right? Like it's mm -hmm. a, it's a huge, it can be a huge loss. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I have anywhere that I was going to go with that part of what I was saying. No, <laughs> but I, <laughs> coming forward is like, this can be a really big thing. Like I want people to have their own beautiful communing experience of spirituality if they want. I don't think every soul is here to do that. But for the souls who are here to do that, you know, we all deserve to have that ecstatic experience of our own relationship with God source, the universe um, without it being like tainted by, you know, that like really limiting hierarchical relationship. And because we're such social animals as humans, 
we benefit from being together. We, we benefit from, I think part of what's beautiful about religion in an organized sense mm -hmm. is like it organizes people in community around one particular idea. And it's like, I see you, I belong with you. Like we believe the same things, like mm -hmm. therefore we are the same. Mm -hmm. And that can feel safe and it can feel comforting until, until and if it doesn't. Yeah, well, so like that points to like, uh, as you were speaking, what came up for me is like a fine line. Like there's a fine line in that experience. And I'm so glad you brought that up. You're like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, I know where you're going. By That's my experience right now. Like since, co you know, COVID, we're still in COVID. But like since 2020, right, like everything shut down and haven't been back to the physical location of a church. Right. And, you know, uh, not being in community or gathering with people within the Christian church. And so it's interesting, I guess, for me, it's like, yeah, it was a it still is kind of like a grieving, like um, as I've walked away, but trying to figure out how do I gather with people with the same with um, under the same belief of like, I have this relationship with God. They do too. We're gathering for that. And also recognizing like not being enmeshed in the narratives that I grew up with, right? Like they're like trying to figure out where I, how do I enter back into a communal gathering space, the organized space? I don't know if I want to say organized religion. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with that, but the organized gathering and in a very spiritual sense, but also not falling into old patterns or old habits of, of the, you know, conditioned narratives in, in religion, right? Like if that makes sense, but. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I've struggled with too. My, my kids go to Catholic school, even though I don't really um, practice going to church regularly. I forget what the word is. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it's going in sovereign, right? Like I'm not going in to be influenced. I am going in to practice my spiritual practices with other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that's the thing that I, I was afraid to go back for the same reason. Like, am I going to fall into old patterns? Am I going to, and I think a lot of it is people pleasing. That's the thing that mm -hmm. I had a hard time with. Like, I want to say yes to everybody. I want to say this and this. And it was funny. We went to, um, they have a blessing of the animals every year uh, for the feast of St. Francis de Assisi, who's the patron saint of animals. And so I took the kids and the priest was like, what is your parish? And I was like, it's this one. And he's like, oh, I just haven't seen you. And I was like, we're not going right now. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was the end of the discussion where that was the first time I was ever able to say that versus mm -hmm. before I'd be like, oh, okay, we'll see you next week. And then like make a point to go next week because I was like too scared to say otherwise. And I, and again, I don't, this has nothing to do with me being, um, over eager to priest, police or priests or authority figures or anything. This is just me being people pleasing everybody. <laughs> like this is just like a, if a parishioner asked me, I would say the same thing. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll see you next week. Um, and feel bad and guilty that we haven't been going, but I just was like, no, we're not going right now. And he was like, okay, <laughs> like end of discussion. And I was like, okay. Um, that was easier than I thought. And I think, uh, I'm at a point and it was, you said something earlier that, um, triggered a thought, which is, I don't think it's just a religious thing, but it's like breaking from 
the ways you grew up, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not just religion that told you ways to be right, but your parents told you ways to be right. Your teachers told you ways to be right. There's all these different like ways that we've been told is right, good or bad intention, or not even good or bad intentions, but good or bad advice, period. Like we could have had good and bad advice in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, you when you get to a certain age and really come into your own as an adult, that's really like, looking at all of those patterns and deciding which ones are ones that are serving you and which aren't. And I think one of the reasons that I was comfortable sending my kids to Catholic school, because I wrestled with that idea a lot, is like they're their own people. They'll get to decide one day. And no matter what, they're going to get all these conditioned narratives. Like I don't have <laughs> control over that. Like um, where do I think I can give them the best upbringing and it happened to be that the school we're at I just loved like I was like I know this is a really good community I know that they're not going to be too pushy about religion that was like one of the reasons that I was okay with them going there um but I think I I for a long time got lost in the fact that I need to control everything like mm -hmm. I need to protect myself from being influenced by religion and because I couldn't say no I couldn't say no I'm not yeah. going to mass next week and now I'm at a point where I'm like I I'm okay I'm okay saying no and feeling comfortable with that and that I used to think that that was protecting me and it really wasn't if anything it was it was make it was another just fear response I was too scared to say no that I couldn't practice these things that were important to me. And I think it's interesting because I remember going to college and being like, I'm never going to church again, you know, like <laughs> I mean, like oh, Catholic kid or somebody had to grow up in school. And I found myself going back to church. And one of the reasons was it felt like a, a, a home when I was in, living in a different city and I didn't know anybody. And it was like, I can practice all these rituals and just like kind of feel like in myself again. And I would need that some weeks. I wouldn't go all the time. Um, and because it's college, nobody expected to see me all the time. So that always was nice. Um, but I think I uh, remembering the good aspects, just like, and um, not being uh, scared to question the not so good aspects um, mm -hmm. gave me the space I needed to like, okay, I can decide how I want to participate in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that points back to the whole concept of sovereignty over your spirituality. Ooh, that's a good phrase. Sorry. I love that. Fire. <laughs> oh, fire. But like that, I think I think about that, like when you brought up, you know, raising our kids, we're all moms here. So like, I have that, I think about that a lot. And I've had conversation where people from, from the church were like, why don't you want to raise your kids in the church? Why don't you want to bring them up? You know, like, how are they going to know about God? And I think that's where I have to release the control of like, I trust that whatever path they're going to be on spiritually and religiously, like, or religion and spiritually, like, like God will bring them, like God will find them, you know, and they will find God. Mm -hmm. I don't need to, I don't need to bring them to church every day, you know, like if that's, and I, and if I want to, and I choose to do that practice, then I will. But I think that's, I love that point where Nicole, you said, you know, releasing the control over like, you know, what feels good. It's like coming back to the sovereignty, sovereignty over your spirituality. And like, also like sovereignty over yourself. Like Adi, you said like some people souls are here to do this on their own or, and that's their path, that's their path and journey versus some souls need that gathering you know or a mix of both and I think for myself I'm trying to figure that out like I love my spiritual solo journey <laughs> but I'm also <laughs> recognizing I love 
I love gathering with people to like have these conversations or do a do a spiritual practice or a ritual or explore a different kind of spiritual practice, you know, like, so yeah, that's kind of where I, I am at, at this stage, you know, we are wrapping up our time here and this is not like the end all be all conversation. I just want to point that out. There's so many nuances to this topic and so many other things that we can like go down the rabbit hole of in terms of religion and spirituality. But um, thank you so much, Adi and Nicole, for just sharing your stories and your thoughts um, and just your experience in terms of this huge topic, religion and spirituality. I have a feeling we'll be touching upon another aspect of this later down in the down the road in another episode. Um but thank you so much for your time and energy for both of you. So thank you thank for being you for here. having us. Yeah, thank you. Here are the main takeaways from today's episode. One, our own individual experiences with religion and spirituality shapes how we choose to engage and connect with religion and spirituality. Two, you ultimately have agency over how you want to engage and be in relationship with God, universe, source. Three, religion and spirituality practices can become controlling and confining if you allow it to be. However, religion and spirituality practices are pointers towards what it means to be in spiritual connection and relationship with a higher source, whether it be God, universe, source, whatever resonates for you. Four, know the why and purpose of your religious spiritual practices. This allows you to connect spiritually in an expansive way and also connects you to the traditions of the past. Five, Religion can be a gathering of people for a purpose to engage in spiritual and religious practices where you bring your own individualistic experience of spirituality. 6. Anything where you're enmeshed in something coming down from one person, organization, or institution as the one true right thing that brings forth shame, then it becomes limiting versus expansive. This can be a certain religion, a yoga, spiritual practice, a guru or teacher, etc. And seven, sovereignty over your spirituality. And here are several coaching questions to help you process the information from today's conversation. One, what has your experience been with religion and spirituality? How has those experiences shaped how you engage with the concept of religion and spirituality? Two, what is your why or purpose for the religious and spiritual practices that you have? Three, what does it mean for you to have sovereignty over your spirituality? And four, if practicing religion and spirituality has felt limiting to you, can you identify what it is that feels limiting so that you can release it and allow the practice of religion and spirituality to feel expansive for you? And once again, what a fun, insightful, and inspiring conversation on a really huge topic. Thanks for listening in, and I can't wait to jam with you next time. Bye, y'all.